everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Hope everyone is still safe and secure after the uh, two tropical storms that went through that area, the uh, the Tiger Nation area this week. Uh, I think my co-hosts are, and uh, they're back here to report again. Um, but uh, LSU football program did, uh, did not weather... Uh, the storm quite as well uh, and that's the storm of uh, opt-outs and transfers and, and all that stuff uh, we're going to get into that first here on talking tigs but before we do just want to check in with the co-hosts uh, guys i know you made it out of a uh, tropical storm and hurricanes laura and marco and all that okay but uh how are you otherwise you know, the state of Louisiana has had such a hard time for the past couple of days after recovering, like you said, from the hurricanes. Yeah, I thought we were kind of out of it, but to, today it's almost like three new storms just, just erupted and took out uh, a lot of LSU's kind of, and I wouldn't say our excitement, but, you know, you don't like to lose three, uh, you know, what you would think is key players going into what, with less than a month away from the season. So other than that, I guess I'm doing fine, but uh what about you, Daniel? It's been a swirling storm of news, I guess. Um, and not the kind of news you want to get. Yeah, we, we were fine here with, with the actual tropical storms and hurricanes. Uh, both of our families in Monroe are okay. There was some kind of destruction up there. I think most people were safe, but like the whole town was pretty much without power for like two days. My, I think my grandmother's still out of power. But yeah, most people are coming back on and then hopefully... Uh, any listeners we may have in the Southwest area around Lake Charles are, are doing good too. But uh, yeah, I guess we can go ahead and dive into to why Tiger Nation has been a little bit depressed these past few days. Yeah. And uh, de- depressed it has. And I was thinking of like uh, something to relate it to. And I don't know, it's just, to me, it kind of feels like what would be, you know, if LSU football had a black Monday, you know, and this, this would be it. We had three opt outs from, uh, from some some really key players most most of all uh jamar chase mm-hmm. is opting out this season uh along with him will be defensive lineman tyler shelvin and that was within the last hour or so here as of as of monday evening and uh and also tk mcclendon who's uh who's also a defensive lineman uh defensive end uh, and also justin thomas who was transferring actually announced a landing spot so it's just a I don't know. It's, uh, it's a lot going on. I'm, I don't know. I, it, it's, I, I hate to hear it, but you know, deep down, there's a part of me that's really not surprised. I guess I wouldn't have expected so, so much in one day though. Um, you know, especially after things kind of seemed to, it seems like they were starting to settle in, you know, the, the season's pretty much a month away, slightly less. So I don't know. Let's, let's go to you, Tommy. Um, I don't know. How do you even? Well, see, I'm interested to see. So you say you're not surprised. Why are you not surprised? I don't know. Because before before they even announced the schedule, you know, there was people opting out. You know, it's, it's just, uh, I guess deep down, I, I told you guys that I had a fear that like something was going to happen. And then like four weeks in, there was going to be some some change. It <clears throat> seems like something's earlier, but, you know, but guys are opting out. But I, I don't know. It's the unsure. That's why I always reserved. I tempered my excitement. You know, I had some reserves, some reservations, basically. Uh, and it's, 
I, I guess I didn't expect it in the amount of transfers though, or uh, opt outs, but I just, I figured something would pop up that would kind of, you know, put uh, what season we thought we might have, you know, barring everything else uh, in jeopardy. See, like, I don't, I don't really get the, the, the Tyler Shelvin one. Um, I mean, I don't really get that one either. The, the one, the Jamar chase one kind of almost confounds me because I don't, what I don't get is like, why would he go through all the motions of becoming number seven practicing going through pretty much like why I don't understand why would you not opt out why wouldn't he have opted out like I don't know July what changed I don't think anything's gotten worse as far as far as the virus goes so I, I yeah I can I can understand where I, we, we were talking about this over the weekend because the rumor you know had already started that he was going to opt out I guess on Saturday and we, me and Daniel you know we were talking about whether uh does Jamar Chase have anything else to prove? I think definitively no. You know, I think if he'd gone in the draft last year, he would have been, he might have been, you know, the number one wide receiver taken. Definitely would have been in the top three between him, Ruggs, and uh, Jerry Judy. I think that this year he was undoubtedly the number one wide receiver, you know, being drafted. Um, but I don't, I don't see what, cha- like, what changed. I understand him like being like, I don't have anything else to prove, but if you were, if you were good with playing in July, why are you not good with playing in August? Yeah. To me, it seems like it's gotta be somebody close to him that convinced him that either the money or the, I've heard an agent. Yeah. Or the injury risk or whatever is not worth it. Cause I mean, we saw videos of him on the practice field going one-on-one with Derek with Stingley. Stingley. Yeah. And it's like, if you're willing to go out and do that, like you yourself are probably not worried about blowing your knee out or whatever. And it's somebody else kind of just being in your ear and kind of finally convincing you uh, because like from those videos and every other thing that we saw, it looks like he wanted to play uh, as well as the rest of the players. And then now it's not like something major has changed. And like, like Tommy said, in the disease landscape or the scheduling like plans or whatever like why now like it's got to be something kind of off the field you know and and the the other thing and i saw somebody tweet this and i kind of you know we talked about when the when the pac-12 and the uh big 10 opted out the the entire entire season you know i said on this podcast that uh there will be ramifications for college football forever now like it's not it's not going to go back to being the same i think this is another one this if if we did not have such a season in turmoil, um, there's I, there's a there's no way in my mind that Jamar Chase is like I'm just not going to play my junior year. Yeah, like, right. we we've never really seen that before in college football. We've seen it a little bit, like players not with a bowl game, bowl games like Leonard Fournette sitting out his last bowl game. But that would be a whole new level of of. And um, and I think something. I think we might see it. I think that this year was the I think that you know this is the opening to make it like a to make it a thing because no one's going to argue with them like you know what i mean nobody's going to be like like and, and really what matters we don't matter you know what i mean like fans media all that if they all hate on him for leaving we don't really matter but what who does matter are nfl executives to him i and, and i remember when leonard leonard was actually i think the first high profile player to sit out a bowl game before going to the draft and people were very concerned about whether that would affect his draft stock or not and of course um 
I don't know if it really did. I think he was still no, he, first, was, he, was, he was a top five pick. Was he top five? Yeah, I think he was number four or something like that. Okay, yeah, then definitely it definitely didn't. But I remember that being the concern. I'm sure that there have been discussions for, you know, I don't know about Leonard Fournette, but players like him going into his junior year who are like, should I even play? Because I, I've done everything that I need to. I and, and this is the year to to do it. And I guess we'll see what the NFL executives think. And if he slides down the board, I could totally see where a player like, like, you know, maybe Jalen Waddle or Devonte Smith or, uh, you know, other wide receivers, if they have a really good year, you might see Jamar chase slide a little bit. I guess that's a, I guess that's a risk he's willing to take, but um, I, I really do wonder if a year from now we'll be talking about uh Gosh, you know, I, I, Derek Stingley sitting out his junior year. Right. And we, we don't know. And uh, I, I think that's there could be some, you know, some third party in his ear, whether it be a, an agent or, you know, some former former teammate or whatever saying, hey, man, it's not worth it. You know, because I, I don't know the, the, some of the, the things that are discussed when they're talking about COVID with these players. Yeah, they're healthy enough to uh, to not, you know succumb to it very seriously but I, I guess there's some side effect with a heart that's still I, I don't know it's not they're, they're not sure how exactly it affects the the heart or, or the, the the rest of the body going forward so the I guess what I, the one thing I would think about is if since you mentioned NFL executives is you know if like if he gets if he tests positive for COVID because you know what if the NFL tests for this going forward uh and now there's some pre-existing condition related to their heart. If they tested positive for having it ever, you know, that would, you know, affect uh, an NFL executive's uh, value that they would put in this player. Cause you know, all right, well, if he's got a potentially a heart issue, that's the only way I can see how, you know, it would affect him on a business standpoint for the NFL. Um, if he, well, I do think that the, the issue that they had, the issue that a lot of people were talking about with, with Leonard Fournette and then I think what would what could be definitely an issue now is kind of almost like the character locker room issue where it's like, okay, are you, are, are you going to be willing to, you know, you're sitting out your, this, the biggest game of your season, the bowl game, and you don't want to play. That's kind of, you know, people were saying that's kind of selfish. And I could see where in a non-COVID time, so a year from now, if player X or player Y says, yeah, I'm, per- I think I'm good. I'm just going to wait and not play my, my junior season. I could see where NFL executives are saying, we don't want a guy who's, who's only going to play on his terms. That's the same kind of guy who's going to do it. Who's going to hold out for a contract and just not going to play like Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't even kind of back to Tyler Shelvin. I don't know if we ever even said it specifically, but a uh, defensive tackle Tyler Shelvin has opted out at the 2020 season. This was only happened maybe 30 minutes ago, recording Monday evening. Uh, but yeah, that one is a little bit weird to me, like Tommy said, because unlike Jamar Chase, who's probably going to be a top 10, if not a higher draft pick, um, Tyler Shelvin, he may, I think he's projected kind of like late first round, early second round right now. So he's got a lot to prove. He could definitely move up the draft board and get some big bucks. Or on the opposite side, if scouts don't like this decision, he could slide and then mm-hmm. really find himself hurting down there on the draft board so that one like isn't really kind of weird to me especially because now with the rest of LSU's defense so thin he's going to play an even bigger role and be able to prove himself so in my opinion I don't know if that's the best decision and I, I do think that 
Um, there, the talent for all these players is there. We we know that Jamar Chase is one of the best wide receivers in the in the country. I mean, in in college football, so, you know, Tyler Shelvin, great player, a lot of talent. I think that uh, everyone involved, especially when you there, I think everyone's basing these decisions off of last year's draft. If you, I mean, if you look at it, Bama's players aren't opting out. Clemson's players aren't really opting out. You know, you're not seeing Texas players opt out. I think that it's because, uh, you know, Jamar Chase and others see what the way that LSU went in the draft last year. But I, I think that that's almost a mistake because there's a, there's definitely a recency bias when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about when drafting players and if Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Caleb on Joe, all these players were the literally the last game live game that uh, NFL executives watched before, you know, thinking really sitting down to draft it's a, it's all on their mind. I don't know if there's going to, I don't know if they're going to really remember Jamar Chase's great catches, uh, you know, from a year and a half ago mm-hmm. when they're looking at drafting in 2021. Yeah. It's like that, that tape in the national championship is always still going to exist and you can go back and watch them making big plays but come next April, or there's going to be a new champion. There's going to be a new Heisman Trophy. They're going to be thinking about Clemson versus Georgia or whoever in the national championship, and they're like, "Oh, this guy or whoever is so much better than Jamar Chase, who like he's got some good video out there, but he may have been sitting on the couch. What's he been doing for the past year? You um, know. So yeah, no, I'm glad you brought up the national championship, Daniel, because that kind of alludes to the point I was going to make. Is uh, I feel like that's that's probably what is part of what's weighing on these guys' minds is, uh, you know, and you know, like you said, what, what else does Jamar Chase have to prove? He, he won the Blitnikoff award and he won a national championship. So literally what else does he personally have to accomplish at LSU other than, you know, just, you know, I guess get stats. I don't, but, I don't think it's any, I don't think that he has to prove anything. Everyone knows that he can do it, but sure. I do think that, you know, you have to compete uh, like, what if Michael Jordan had just won one, you know, one, one season and then said, okay, well, I've done it. You know what I mean? Like you have to keep competing. Right. But if, if it was going from North Carolina to the pros, then that's the difference. It's like, why, what do I, cause if, if there is any doubt in his mind, like if, if COVID didn't happen, I think everyone approaches this season normally and players aren't opting out for a whole season. But with COVID involved, and I think that's what it goes back to maybe an agent was talking to him. This is probably like some loophole, some open season loophole for, oh, yeah. for, for agents to just infest, you know, like shark waters and just say, hey, look, if you're ever going to opt out just to like save your body, this, this is the year. It. And, you know, it's a free, it's a mulligan, basically. Just, just take it now. I'll give you, I'll give you X amount of dollars if you opt out because I know I'll recoup that next year because you'll be better for wear than, uh, you know, maybe the players that went through this season. No, I totally, I, I definitely think that this is, a, this is an opportunity, you know, I, I don't want to say like a once in a, once in a lifetime. Op- well, I, I mean, I don't know, presumably <laughs> pandemics only happen once in a lifetime. Once in a career. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, like I totally, I, I totally, I, yes, I believe exactly what you're saying. Like people are saying, Hey, look, you've done and i and i i I do want to say like i do think jamar chase has proven all he has to prove but i also think that you know we're not like humans aren't computers 
We've watched, we've watched teams make terrible draft decisions. We've watched teams get caught up in the hype of, you know, different players and this and that. And then some guy who, at, who at during a mock draft preseason is number one. I mean, think about Joe Burrow, you know, last year he probably would have, or last year, if we were talking about him right now, most people would have been, most people would have thought like, Oh, maybe he goes in the fourth round and maybe he's undrafted. Who knows? Maybe he's a, you know, goes back to Akron and then, or, uh, you know, wherever in Ohio and maybe just, Athens, Ohio coaches with his dad. And then now he was the number one pick. There could be another player this year who has a, you know, a, a lights out year and sets everything on fire. And, and, and Jamar Chase basically will, and all the, not just, and I don't want to just single out Jamar Chase, but those who opt out will, will not really be able to say anything other than, well, two years ago, I was really good. Right. I can't say, well, yeah, he had a great season, but so did I. But yeah. And that's why I'll say this. If Miles Brennan opts out, I'm done. <laughs> we are done. We are yeah. just, we're not going to do the podcast or it's just going to become a, you know, like a virus podcast like we talked about before. <laughs> but if Miles Brennan, the guy that's finally got this team to his own, opts out, I just, I, I'm done. I don't even want to try anymore. You yeah. Know? It almost takes you to this kind of really weird situation where you could conceivably have players come out of high school, they like take a red shirt at their freshman year, they don't play, they just practice. And they play their sophomore year um, and then light it up. I guess kind of like Jamar Chase did last year as a sophomore. Obviously, he plays a freshman, but theoretically, maybe this other player, he wouldn't do that. They kind of bet on themselves to do a really good sophomore year. And then they sit out their junior year. So they put in their three years, but they've really only played one. Yeah. And so just to do that, they minimize their injury risk um, and they minimize their risk of like having bad plays or a bad season or whatever. And then all you have is that one year to go off of. I don't know if NFL scouts would uh, go for that type of thing, but players, if they're betting on their own future as a moneymaker in the NFL, you might want to do that. Well, I think that also, um, you know, it's almost like a chess piece being moved, you know, it will force, I think the NFL will react to it. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if that, if, if this became a trend, the opting out, you know, sitting out your junior year. I wouldn't be surprised if in the new collective bargaining agreement, the NFL allows you to come out as a sophomore or maybe as a freshman, or they take out that, that requirement, which a lot of people have been saying, you know, you should be able to go from high school. You should be able to go from freshman year or or go whenever you want. Um, you know, maybe this is the domino. I think that everybody, you know, it's, it's terrible and I hate it. And, and I'm very depressed that, we will not have a number seven this year. I don't think they've, you know, I doubt they'll give it to somebody else. I feel like that would be kind of cheapened. I've kind of cheapened the number if it's like, oh yeah, we picked Jamar Chase. And then now it's like, okay, Racy McMath, you're, do you want to be seven? Yeah, you are second choice. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is, I, I'd say this, pay attention to this. And I think this will be a, uh, this will be something that we remember and say, oh yeah, when he did it, that started it. And now this is the new thing. Yeah. Do you think Scott, do you think you could give number seven to another player? I feel like you can't this year. Well, I mean, you have to, uh, that's why I feel it's weird that he just accepted it and moved on, you know, like you said before. So it's, uh, I don't know. Like something changed, but, uh, I mean, I think there's other players to give it to. He's probably just the most logical choice, but someone else could get it. You could give it to Stingley, you know, well, I do know that Stingley tweeted out right after. I think people were talking about giving it to Stingley. He said he tweeted out, 
24 and then the Glock emoji, which I think mean, I think that meant, no, I want to keep 24. I don't know. That's speculation. No, I would agree. That was, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like, I got a Kobe, Kobe Bryant thing. Well, the, the, the reason I say, like, I, I almost feel like we just won't have a seven this year is because there was another year when we didn't have a seven. When Jonathan Giles gave it up and said, I, I don't deserve to wear this number. But, he, but that was whole, after the season, wasn't it? No, we played like a, we played most of us or like at least half a season without a seven. Yeah, I think he played a couple of games and then had a really bad, had really bad games. Yeah, I think he just kind of like yeah. sat out. Like he didn't really play much and that was kind of the end. I saw a tweet that was like, Jonathan Giles, uh, at Jonathan Giles stats as number seven. And it was like four receptions, 20 yards. And it was like Jamar Chase, uh, stats as seven, zero receptions, zero yards. And the guy was like, makes you really think. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I guess we could try and find some, some, something positive to, uh, to kind of end it all on. I don't know. Did you guys have any more thoughts on, on the opt outs and, I think the only the only so the only thing to watch for and and I mean this is not what we want to hear it's not what we were looking forward to but you know uh, Miles Miles does have two more years of eligibility uh, Eric Gilbert was presumed to be a centerpiece of this offense he'll be even more you know Kayshawn Butte Coy Moore uh, the running backs. All these players who have eligibility, they're young players. We've got a ton of young talent. And they're basic and I almost feel like this year's for a lot of people and for a lot of reasons, virus included, this year's kind of a wash. So, you know, I hate to say like tank and like it just get ready for 2021. But, you know, these by the time 2021 rolls around, some of these pieces that probably wouldn't have gotten a lot of playing time and a lot of touches and a lot of receptions. Um, we'll probably have gotten more and they'll have gotten to play 10 games in the sec. So I think they'll be even more prepared than they probably would have been, um, you know, without all these opt-outs, both on offense and defense. Yeah. And just to go a little bit more in depth in that, um, I don't even know if we said it, but defensive end TK McClendon entered the transfer portal today. And so while he didn't really have many snaps recently, so that's him, Justin Thomas and Neil Farrell all down as defensive ends, which leaves us pretty threadbare for upperclassmen there. And so a lot of people are saying that that must mean that B.J. Ojolari, who's coming in as a true freshman uh, defensive end, and Philip Webb is kind mm-hmm. of a hybrid, like outside linebacker, kind of like Caleb Vaughn. Um, they must be the real deal. And Coach Joe has pretty much been hyping them up. He says B.J. is. Uh, he, he says B.J. is. Yeah, like, so, right. so look for B.J. Ojolari to make a, a big impact as a true freshman defensive end. And so, yeah, those guys will hopefully continue to grow and, and get better and take advantage of this opportunity that they have. And there was another year when we played basically all true freshmen in 2010. And uh, that was a kind of a, you know, growing pains type of year. But then the next year we went to the national championship because everyone, you know, this, this, the freshmen became sophomores and Tyron Matthew uh, became number seven and the rest was history. And just, let's just forget about the last game of the season. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I'll ask one final question about this though. I mean, uh, do you, do you really think that we're about to see some more of these or do you think maybe, uh, 
maybe the the dam is closed and that'll that'll be the end of the opt-outs slash transfers because we got less than a month before our first game i hope so i hope this is the end of it i did see a rumor that people were saying glenn logan might opt out and if that happens then we basically won't be able to field a a defensive line (laughs) um but I mean, I don't know. I think I think that these these are very strange. These opt outs are very strange just because of how close it is to the season. That's what I'm saying. I feel like these guys they they probably just look back. You know, what? I just want a title. Uh, I guess I don't really have to do it this year. Um, we're not going to win one this year. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what their thinking is, but it, it is all the all of the sudden. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, at least there's. There is some good news we can find out there, uh, at least in the form of uh, you know a couple new commits to the program. Uh, so for that, I'm going. What to- were you going to say, though, Daniel? Uh, I was going to say the the one good thing is that there's really hardly any more starters left to opt out. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a way to spin it. <laughs> Spins yeah. it. So yeah. if they do, there's only like three or so left. We got Jacoby Stevens, Eric Stingley, like Austin Deckelis. I guess like Terrace Marshall. Well, um, Ed Ingram was kind of a starter. Oh well, yeah, but so we'll we'll just be running the B team. But uh, like you said, Scott, we had. Uh, two commitments for the 2021 class um, and look, looks like we might need them to play sooner rather than later. Can we get them to reclassify? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the first was on um, I think Friday with uh, Nathaniel Wiggins, who's the number eight cornerback in the country out of Atlanta. And so he committed to LSU. He was our first cornerback commit for the 2021 class. And he's a four star. Yeah, four-star commit, number 117 overall in the country. But that's real good So because we needed that corner depth. Obviously, we got great ones right now. Um, and Elias Rick's coming in, looking probably uh, to start immediately. At but, this point, they might move him to defensive line. Yeah, but so Nathaniel Wiggins, uh, he's coming in. He announced his, his commitment. He had, a, I guess, all his family and friends in a big room. And then there was a big, big cake in the middle. And his mama just went and sliced a thing out of the cake and lifted it up. And it was like half purple, half gold <laughs> cake. And he's like, come into LSU. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Thanks, Nathaniel. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, just uh, yesterday, we had Jalen Sheed, or I guess that's how you pronounce his last name, uh, tight end out of Olive Branch, Mississippi, the number 48 tight end of the country. So only a three-star, not quite as highly ranked. But um, a lot, what people are saying about him is he's only played football like last year this is uh junior year was his first year he's ever played football so it's already be ranked like a three-star player they say he's got, got a lot of upside i can name um, another player who was whose first first year was his, to play football was his junior year and had a lot of upside and his name was barquillas mingo is that turned out to be an lsu great let's hope that uh jalen sheed ends up the same way yeah, he's 6'4", 240, so definitely got the size. But I mentioned to Tommy earlier, this is kind of what you expect whenever you have the, the highest-ranked tight end recruit ever committing to your school. Like After that, no one's really going to want to go there because they know they're probably not going to get any playing time. Uh, so we might have a bit of a drought there in the next coming years, but uh, maybe he'll just study under his tutelage, but we'll see. So, yeah, that brings us up to 18 commits total, um, which is pretty good for this class and just a, a few more and then we'll have a well-rounded out class ready to go and we're now the number three ranked class in the country yeah so after ohio state's number one ooh. and then alabama's number two they each have four or five stars and we have zero so that's kind of a bummer yeah well oh well um oh yeah speaking of bummer did you guys see that the uh 
the Jaguars just up and dismissed Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Kind of not surprised. I saw that. I wasn't like, I mean, obviously it's disappointing, but I don't know. It seems like he hasn't really had a great time in Jacksonville. No, I mean, he had that one really good season, you know, when yeah. they made it to the AFC title game and he was like leading the NFL in uh, at least like long, long rushes, which was great. Uh, I don't know. It's like, that's how it is in the NFL. It's like these teams have one year where everything's clicking and then the next year it just completely falls off, which is what I think happened with them. Cause you know, uh, I think right after that, they, they got rid of Bortles and Jaguar Jaguars didn't have anything after that. And it's like, you, <laughs> you can't put it all on Leonard. That just kind of reminds me of, you know, LSU versus Alabama during that year where he was, you know, contending for the Heisman. It's like, they just kept giving it to Leonard and Alabama knew about it. And it just, it, it didn't work. So. Um, yeah. We're not really talking NFL, but most people are saying that the Jaguars are basically trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence completely because. They, oh, really? Well, yeah. Now that they've got rid of Leonard, they got rid of Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey, their star defensive player. They got rid of Yannick Ngakwe, who's like their other star defensive end. So they basically have like no players left. So most people are expecting them to be in the, uh, in the gutter this year and then trying to scoop up Trevor Lawrence. I feel like uh, there are going to be a lot of teams one. this year trying to try to battle for that gutter spot <laughs> and get Trevor. Yeah, they always, there's some teams that do jockey for the bottom. Uh, I think the trick is to, to do it subtly so that it's, they can obviously go, look, they're tanking on purpose. Uh, it's, it's, it's a finesse play. There've right. been a lot of, yeah, there've been a lot of people who say that, not just the NFL, but, you know, all the leagues need to start punishing teams for tanking. Basically, but, how, just, but how do you prove it? Well, I think, I mean, there've been like some kind of blatant examples. Yeah. Well, the NBA was the one that like really had to go against it because everybody was tanking because the number one overall pick was so important in basketball. And so that's when they put in the lottery and then the odds. So where it's like, if you're the worst, you're not guaranteed to get the best spot. Like the bottom, yeah. I think it's in the bottom four all have equal odds to get the number one. Uh, pick so like going all the way to the bottom is is not as beneficial really and I guess maybe the NFL or whoever could could do the same but maybe they should just turn it on its head and make it so uh the the team who wins the Super Bowl gets the first pick and then and then the rich get richer and all the all the bad teams are just forever bad the Patriots draft number one every single year yeah. <laughs> well yeah but even if you do have the number one pick I think the I mean, come on. We all know the Browns have had the number one pick uh, probably probably the most, but they had it like two or three years in a row. And they had – but they got Johnny Menzel. And like just because you have the pick doesn't mean you know how to use it. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, there have been a lot of terrible picks. Um, and that's and that's another reason why, you know, just to take it – put a bow on it, take it full circle. You know, it's not a – your draft stock and that the fact that teams like you one day and that they're going to pick you because you're the next big thing. It's not set in stone that changes on a dime. And if some, you know, executive at the Browns who has the number five pick in the, in the, in the draft this year, last year would have was thinking, Oh man, if I could get Jamar chase right now, I'd do it. Well, you know, there might be some rando who has like a half good season this year and the guy decides, you know what? No, he's the future. They pick him instead. And then you're kind of left without. So I, I do kind of, I understand the, uh, the opt out just to seal it, you know, seal the deal. I understand the opt out, but I do think you're almost leaving a little bit on the, on the, leaving a little bit to chance 
um, by not, you know, putting a little bit on film for your last year. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really give my my thoughts on this earlier, but um, just from what we've seen in the past few days of the players quitting, I wouldn't be entirely surprised like Tommy was saying, if we saw more in the next couple of days, hopefully by the time we get the podcast out, no new players will have opted out and then we'd yeah. already be a week behind. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird that the, the dominoes are falling like this, especially because um, like you had mentioned, it's not really happening with any other team. You've seen some scattered players like uh, Micah Parsons is like a star linebacker for Penn State and Rashad Bateman's a good wide receiver for Minnesota. They've both opted out but it doesn't really seem quite so prevalent as it is right now with LSU. So whether that's COVID related or something else within the program, um, hopefully they get it sorted out and retain their talent. Yep. Right. I agree. Yeah. Cause we're not holding on all this hope for nothing. Uh, still no word as to like how they'll, you know, like if the, the season just goes on, like uh, how they might, uh, do the seating in tiger stadium right like has there well been any- there was just i think just like again like minutes before we started recording they said that the the governor and the athletic program athletic department had reached a decision but it's not they haven't said anything yet so but there is a decision on how seating will happen okay so we'll keep you tuned on that one keep us in tuned I saw some mock-up by uh, some other school did to where they, they showed what it would look like in the stadium. It looked like just seats in groups of four just spread out throughout the stadium. It wasn't bad. You know, it kind of looked like a – Like a spring it, game? Yeah, it looked weird. But, you know, it was just – it just looked like a pattern, like someone just photoshopped and removed four people every every other <laughs> interval. So it was – I don't know. It was weird. I was just wondering if they – came to any sort of conclusion with that I supposedly guess. they have but i don't know when we'll hear yeah, right. let's hope they let's hope we hear before september 26th yeah <laughs> I, I haven't received any emails from my season tickets i've been a little bit worried about it um they better be in my inbox soon humble brag <laughs> uh well i don't know I, I don't know that was i don't even want to get into anything else because it's, it's just also depressing but did you guys have anything else that you wanted to bring up before we uh possibly head out i think those are the cold hard facts for better or for worse yeah that's uh, the lsu truth you know so yeah yeah well uh with all that being said i did wanted to bring up one other small at least maybe a little bright spot well but yeah before uh, everyone started uh opting out today uh the other was at least some some coming together of the football team with the community because some of the players uh, you know, they had a big truck come in and they're basically gathering supplies and uh, food and water for families that are affected by the, the hurricanes this week. And uh, I thought that was really good. Scott, Scott Woodward in a statement said, this is what we do and who we are in Louisiana. We step up and help when our neighbors, family and friends need assistance. Uh, and it's, it's always good to hear about things like that going on especially in these times with just so much going on at once but uh we just wanted to uh let that be known that the players are doing some good no that's that's good um but that'll pretty much do it for us this week on talking tigs so until next time stay safe stay tuned and we'll talk to you next time on talking tigs (laughs) 